Welcome to The Mushroom's Apprentice. I'm your host, Shona Home. Well, today I have Natalia Oganesian. She is a medicine woman, guide, and spirit whisperer. Through her own healing journey and spiritual path, she has received initiations and acquired direct experience from several cultures, from Navajo medicine women to a Lakota chief. She mentored for over eight years under healers of Inga and Siona traditions of Colombia. She is a graduate of the Cosmic Energy School in Russia and was initiated into the highest level known as Huta. She is currently studying the esoteric arts of ancient Persia. Skilled in the fire extraction technique used by the monks in certain Tibetan monasteries and many healing modalities coming from her own homeland or Armenia, she offers a vast variety of healing practices. Natalia has a special gift and passion for working with herbs and is bringing her own Armenian ancestral wisdom forward. An avid painter and musician, Natalia's painted instruments have been used in ceremonies around the world. She is the founder of Eridu, a place for the embodiment of loving stewardship of our spirit. Through Eridu, Natalia offers private sessions, retreats, rites of passage, drumming circles, and more. And that website is eridu, E-R-I-D-U dot life. Well, my dear Natalia, welcome. I am so excited to have you share your wisdom today. Thank you, Shauna. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. I want to start with the backstory because I'm always interested in how did you get here? What was what was the way forward for you? And if you could start with you are Armenian. Yes. Were you born there? Yes. During okay. Soviet, Soviet Union. <laughs> oh my okay, so let's start from there and move forward because this is just so interesting. Yeah. So coming from Armenian heritage, I was taught certain traditional values. The society is very patriarchal in Armenia. So women are not as revered and honored as in certain cultures. These days it's moving a little bit and transitioning a little bit into empowerment of women. But when I was growing up, uh, this was not the case. What I was taught, uh, a lot of my energy, the fiery energy that I was born with, and I didn't know how to navigate these waters. My parents didn't have tools to give me. I call it the dragon energy. <laughs> you know, that wild intensity that we carry and we always think there's something wrong with us. Mm -hmm. So I wasn't given tools and... I went into the dark side. I, I call it my dark ages where I was very lost and confused. And through all of this, I learned to numb my emotions through drugs and alcohol. I don't even know if you know this about me. I do. I remember. Yeah. Telling me. Yeah. Yeah. And um, the beauty of Armenian heritage, there is a certain amount of pride that these people carry. So it, I never hit the rock bottom. I never ended up on the streets or did, did something that wouldn't honor my body or something out of alignment was my understanding. So that, I think that part saved me and mm -hmm. my darkest of the dark times. And uh, what happened is 
I just started seeking something was calling something was off and I understood this and I was seeking through different healers through different mostly healers and guides and different modalities books I remember there was a time that I just started reading a lot and traveling around a lot and going to different seminars to finding seeking and seeking something was off and uh, finding the plant medicine and that was a big turning point for me how, how old were you at that time this was already like late 30s late 30s okay yeah. and so you say plant medicine is this ayahuasca yeah ayahuasca okay. the first very first guides in the plant medicine world have been the mushrooms the magic mushrooms and uh, then I experienced Iboga with a real incredible uh, African shaman, Muganda. And then I transitioned into different uh, circles that were holding space with Aya plant. And, and, and then being guided to meeting my teacher back then, Taita. And um, yeah, this, this was the turning point for me the plant medicine and through all of these and studies and healing and shedding and remembering and rewiring came uh, into a place of having this call to give this back to people who are going through the same feelings and the same path. And you're also a mother. Yes. <laughs> so how did that work through your seeking? You were long past the the dark night, shall we say, and you're in your seeking. And then you were about how old when you, you had your child, your son? I think I was 37, 37 or 38, 37. Yes. So this is about a few years before that, that the seeking, seeking started. And uh, obviously we all know the having a child is the biggest initiation. So this is the, the massive rebirth totally. of my life yes and uh yeah I was so desperately seeking that I would travel with him everywhere taking him with me to Costa Rica and to all different places to just do what I needed to do and it wasn't easy at the time but uh it all taught me an incredible amount of resilience and strength and wisdom and patience. And um, I think his has been definitely the biggest master teacher outside the plans and everything else. The biggest teachings that I get on my soul evolution is from my son. Yes. Yeah. I so, I so hear you on that with two daughters. I absolutely get that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Was your husband in partnership at all with the seeking? Was he interested in that at all? In the spiritual um, seeking? No. Okay. Um, okay. So it was just you were on your own. Yes. And with this wee boy at your yeah. side. <laughs> Where did you take him, Natalia? We would just travel. It wasn't too with um we travel around the world a little bit, but Mostly for the plant medicine, I would just take him to Costa Rica. Okay. Yeah. And uh, around, Cali um, not California, USA. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I was too scared to take him to Africa back then. 
Oh yeah, yeah, no, I would, I would agree. I would agree. But that is very special that he has grown up in that arena. Yes. <laughs> How would you say it has affected him? You know, the interesting thing that I observe with him being in this space with this type of healing, he, and I know you'll understand this, he would just drop into the frequency of all the healings that are happening. And um, people, a lot of people will have epiphanies because of the words he would say, even though when he was four and five, but I observed his memory to be awakened and this deeper intuition and deeper knowing that he just knows this and he's done this. And, um, and uh, he was just very comfortable in the space. As he started maturing, now he's 11, he's going to be 12. Yeah. He's, he's like, that's not cool anymore. But when he was that raw age, at, at that raw age, when they don't try to impress you or they don't know what's cool or what's not cool, he would just morph and shape, shape shift into the healers and, uh, and yeah, into the scene and ceremony and the circles and just... Um, speak like them and <laughs> be like them and i know that kind of memory it, it helped him awaken mm -hmm. some inner intelligence even though he 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 doesn't he hasn't he doesn't show any interest these days yeah. however that help him absolutely yeah. i think he's developmentally right where he needs to be you know yes. to have that autonomy but yet that seed is in him yes Very Yes. Yeah. Oh, it's beautiful. He's a lucky boy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm truly lucky to have them too, as a mother. Yeah. And speaking of mothers, so you are also very close with your mother, who's also an artist. Yes. <laughs> like you. And so does she participate in any of these ceremonies with you? Does she have a role? Oh, in boy. <laughs> oh, good. Let's hear. I mean, I just hear, don't hear that enough, you know? So my mom, Rima, is 73 now. Okay. She's been traveling and participating in most of the ceremonies I've done with me. Wow. And uh, everybody who's been experiencing her in the space just adores her and loves her. And a lot of times I hear like, we don't want to do it unless Rima is there. Yeah, she's just a very strong spirit. And it's just been a profound journey to do this as ma mother and daughter mm -hmm. and have my son there running around. <laughs> and so there's definitely karmically we're together in this lifetime, very strong bond be be between three of us. And um, yeah, it actually helped her profoundly as well. The plant mm -hmm. medicine and sitting with it and being with it. Yeah. Beautiful, beautiful. My goodness. I mean, three generations to be on that path together is, you don't hear that every day. Yeah. That's yeah. really beautiful. And also, you are Armenian. And, and I came out to see you a number of years ago. I can't believe now. It's quite a while, quite a while ago. Yeah. But one thing I was so struck by was the strong sense of community that I felt among the Armenian crowd that you are 
are with at just like so much support and love and fun and most amazing food and just it was wonderful it's something that is missing from a lot of people these days is that real sense of of cultural belonging this has actually been incredible influence with what I want to bring with Eridu and uh, the shift and the way the company has been morphing into more of the space for community to come together because it's such a yearning in my heart to have a community. This has been since day I had Maxi going through these challenging times, again, navigating these waters, turbulent waters of being uncomfortable and alone as a pretty much single mom back then. And um, not having the experience that I really would have loved to have. Coming into a place of understanding this is my path and I needed to go through this in order to birth what is coming. Mm. However... I want I wanted really to give this to other women so they keep they are held and supported in this vulnerable place and time as they remember relearn how to be a mom and take care and make sure to take care of time to nurture yourself with the community with the sisterhood because in Armenia very few women will go through, well, I don't remember anybody, like when my mom had us, right? The grandmothers were home. My mom would just lay there for weeks and just uh, feed us. And then the mom, the grandmothers <laughs> will wash and cook and do the massages and herbs and anything that is needed. So you don't have this pressure that I need to get up and clean up or show up or none of that was happening. And you felt very held a very strong community, even the neighbors. I always tell the story of me growing up. We lived on a 16th floor building, in a 16th floor building. I, I, I used to live on the sixth floor, sixth floor. And uh, on each floor, there was four neighbors. And I, we all would know each other by names, all 16 floors for, yeah, and uh, everybody's family, you're out of salt, you can run on the seventh floor to grab some salt or everybody's doors are open. Women usually have their coffee and they're reading each other's coffee. So I remember women will have a lot of kids because the door will be open and the kids will be crawling out into our home or like we had a neighbor who had like four kids and they're all like crawling out, like little Mowgli's and I would grab them because I was a little older already. So the sense of community is huge in Armenia, huge. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's one of the most important things that has been lost here. It's yeah. just incredibly painful to be doing all this without support and love. Yes, I think community is ancient. We've always had community. Yeah. And so we're in a very unnatural construct right now. And yeah. so this is why I just think your work is so 
important because it's inspiring and it's inspiring for others to do the same. So you, when did Erdu actually come together? I think it was 2010-ish, 11-ish. In this meditation, I just was gifted this incredible vision, incredible vision of what's possible. It's almost felt like I was teleported somewhere temporary because it was so vivid. I was exactly seeing everything, uh, the place, what it felt like, what people were doing. It was just like a village. And what was happening in, I feel like on energetic, on quantum level, this memory was pulling some information from some lifetime that it was needed in for, for me to remember certain things. And I know you came and visited around 2012. I don't remember when it was around the, those time. And, uh, you know, I was in not in the, exactly the place to create anything. I was still at the very beginning of, an, of this self-discovery and uh, healing and a certain amount of spiritual maturity that, uh, and I know you will understand this, certain amount of maturity as a woman. It's just that does not happen in your 30s. It just doesn't. I don't care who you are. No, I agree. <laughs> yeah. And it gets sweeter and sweeter as you mature and you step into this wisdom one thing I took from my, my studies with Colombian shamans is like in their traditions, when a girl gets her lunar cycle, moon cycle, which we call the menstrual cycle, she steps into the magic. So when she finishes the cycle, she becomes the magic. Mm. Yes. Mm -hmm. And you know that that's really a true statement However, we're so lost trying to look like a 20-year-old in our 50s that we completely miss the point. Totally. <laughs> yeah. So now looking back at 2011, 12, I just understand that I was not in the place at all to hold the space, what I'm holding right now. And even now, I'm just like, I feel like a child that is with the guidance of the spirits doing this work in humility and um, listening, deep listening. But uh, when I saw that vision, I just, back then I was really naive mm -hmm. and I just decided like, that's it, I'm building a center. <laughs> I was uh, getting this huge land in Malibu and uh, I spent a lot of money and designing the buildings with this architect. I was so inspired. But there was something in me just knew. I knew exactly what to do and what to, no one no, no one taught me these things. How the women's bathing house should be or what's needed in the gardens. Like I it's just I just saw everything back then. And um when the center didn't happen. The funds didn't come through. I went through this massive heartbreak where I think I cried for about a year. And uh, I went to Costa Rica and I did this ceremony with Aya. 
and I sat with with the mother and um, in this raw place in my heart, just completely surrendering, completely finally letting go of my attachment, of what I thought is mine. And I physically heard the voice of the mother that this is not how we do things. <laughs> you hold the seeds. And when you're ready, if you're ready, you become the magnet of people and places and opportunities all coming to you when in, in divine timing. So, and this has been my journey with Eridu of having the seed and being completely unattached to bringing it into material world in this lifetime. I don't know if this is going to happen, not going to happen, but I'm in peace with it because I built this faith. Not built, that's the wrong word. I found, remembered, tuned into this faith and trust that is something that is much deep, bigger than me, that loves me. I really experienced it in my body, in my heart. So it's like a weight came off my shoulders. So I can just bring it into play and have fun and just do one step each day and see where I'm going with it. You know, it makes me think that Eridu came in as a teacher for you. Because it really seems like that's what it's been, a very, very powerful teacher. So that I think it's like you have become Eridu. Yeah. Yeah. So true. Because again, this unattachment, it it is the understanding that it's all, it can be all that is just that, just being a teacher and giving me the lessons that I need without creating anything that what I saw in the vision. Right. And, uh, the, yeah. But you are creating community there. <laughs> yeah. Out of your home, right? And and sessions take place there and drumming circle. Talk about what do you offer? What are the what happens there at your Eridu <laughs> special place? <laughs> so Outside the one-on-one -on -one healing that I really love to do was because with the healings, what it gives me opportunity is the gift of the channel that opens up when, when I do session with somebody is seeing something or more in more expansive, on more expansive level, what people are having hard time seeing for themselves because we're in su such a conditioning of being fearful or limited and playing safe. So I'm always given a vision for somebody that is much more expensive. And I just plant the seed and they either take it. I always hear it from the spirit. Everything is free will, free choice. You, you're given this. This is what's possible. This is a possible idea of you, a creation of you that you can create and step into, or you, you can totally play it safe as well and not in this lifetime or whenever you're ready. And uh, I do work with this incredible system that I fell in love with. You know, this, the cardiology. This, yes, talk about yeah. that. Explain what that is. Yeah. Cardiology is 
very complex calculate mathematical system calculated uh, that uh, has to do with mathematics and um, planets, seasons, and playing cards. So it no one really knows where it came from. And it resurfaced about two, three hundred years ago and brought, was brought back by this guy on the Richmond. And they say he says it's going back to Lemuria. I don't get a touch. I just know the system works. And the real the only reason I started studying the system or because of the accuracy of the events that was predicted. And if I would give you like in a short sentence, what it is represents. Think about it like this. This world is the stage, as Shakespeare, Shakespeare said. And it gives you a really good understanding of the role you're playing in this play of life. A mask you're wearing. Because we're so, again, the conditioning from the childhood, you need to be this, or you need to be a doctor, or you need to act like this. And so there's a lot of it gets lost of our true essence. So with cardiology, it helps you have a really good understanding of like, why am I here? What is my karma? It, it shows you past life karma, good karma, negative karma, your relationships in this life. It's a lot. It's like a Pandora's box. Your um, overall uh, lifetime story, seven years, every seven years, there is a report for that. Every year there is a report. And um, the teacher that I studied with, um, he did an amazing job. Like, on, I don't know how he did this <laughs> of um, creating it into software. So it looks very modern, but it's not because it's like really hard to come constantly count it with cards mm -hmm. and shuffle and count. So it's too long. So he created a software that makes it very accessible and user friendly for us just to look at the whole chart. I also uh, incorporating astrology and Akashic records and the healing modalities that uh, I studied throughout the years with different healers. <laughs> okay. So. That sounds very thorough. That's a lot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we really dive in. It's about two hour sessions usually. Wow. And when you say the Akashic records, so how do you access the Akashics? So I know you know this probably, but for those who don't know what Akashic record is, it's just this universal records in the ether of all the lifetimes, all the information, all the soul, the all the soul, all the information of, of the soul's path that we can access by asking. And this one can be done by anybody. It's not like some magic and unattainable place that you need to be a certain healer or so, certain somebody to go into. You can you can through certain with certain tools and and learning you can access all of this yourself. So what we do with Akashic records is just do exactly that. We open the prayer and I usually do it in Armenian because it just helps me to connect to the ancestors on deeper level. Yeah, and we ask for permission, and uh, we usually see what comes up, and how it works is usually 
we start start moving some stagnant or energy or blockage what is what they're asking me is off balance in their life and we just help them and usually we see what is it tied to and uh what happened it's it it kind of a little bit like a past life regression so because we go into your past lives and see what you brought into this life what's leaking into this life that is um blocking some of the energies that are needed in this when you had your training for this <clears throat> for what you're doing now natalia what where did you learn in terms of reincarnation because i know a number of cultures speak to reincarnation was there any particular training from any particular culture that that had had a an influence on this for you no i i studied the akashic records reading mm -hmm. uh, with uh this lady but i don't have specific training what i have been using is just connecting to again my lineage my armenian heritage and it always takes me back uh, there is a certain amount of um not not amount it's certain entities that i'm connected to certain spirits that are always guiding me and uh, they're just always there to take me where i need to go but the, yeah there's a certain door that opens and it's it is connected to my heritage because i do feel it that's why i started like translating the prayer that i was given into armenian and making it my own mm -hmm. And, you know, while we're on this topic, I do want to mention that one of the learning experiences on this path that has been very transformative for me is to understand that this all of this information is within us. And this is one of the pillars for Eridu, one of the inspiration to maybe support them in the beginning, but give them enough tools to everybody who is called to come here for them to understand that what I'm doing, what everybody else is doing is actually they're capable of doing themselves. And if they believe and if they sit in this deep place and connecting to their heritage, which is I really recommend really connecting to your own roots, which I know you've been doing as well and traveling Ireland and connecting to your roots and walking on your own land something happens something happens when i went to armenia after so many years of being in america i think 25 years 26 i decided to go back something happened by visiting physically my land and uh, going into these ancient sacred places and coming back and uh, having that kind of veil and the kind of blanket over me of ancestors and yeah i love that line you said standing on your own land that's just beautiful and of course your land that your homeland has yeah. has a frequency it has a an energy field to yeah. it so it's almost like you went back to be bathed in that field bathed in the the breath of the mother of that land essentially absolutely and, yeah Something even happens when you, I did baptize myself, not in the church, in a, and through this um, creek, in the creek, sorry. 
we have a lot of waters. Do you know in Armenia, only 30% of the waters are used. There's so much water in Armenia. So everywhere you go, it's just like mountain water. And oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. And it's all clean water, very pure water. We don't usually drink bottled water. <laughs> wow. So it just energetically, this is another thing that I always teach in my teachings is intention i went there with intention i didn't just go like a tourist i went with intention and i did put my feet on earth with intention i did plant a seed there i planted a pomegranate tree in a very sacred place as a symbol of reconnecting of uh, rebirthing and uh, remembering all of this and uh, intertwining the energies but even eating the food bathing in that water it all it all um helps you remember because all we do we know this we're just remembering yes 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 there's a saying that there's nothing new under the sun mm -hmm. yes yes time really isn't linear it's a spiral yes and the more i tap in into that mm. because for all these years that i've been on my healing journey I'm constantly was in this mode of like, I need to go ask somebody else knows this better than I do. Let me just go. And I got into this habit. I need to go drink. Um, let them tell me. It's not until I slowly, it's a long process for me, <laughs> but I slowly got where to a place where like, hold on, let's tap in into this wisdom within you. Let's ask yourself. And let's just see what's coming to you. What do we need to do? And um, yeah, it's very empowering. Yeah. 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 I've spoken about that too, that it's all this culture. I mean, around the world, it's all about external authority instead of tapping into your interior, your own authority. Yeah. Your own Godhead, as it were. So, well, we're seeing how your roots are really informing your work in such a beautiful way. And I would say also, especially in this day and age and in the West, it's such a grace to still have that deep connection mm. to your roots. I mean, you're really, that's a, that's a grace, truly. Yeah. And I see that it's so beautiful. To me, this is not to separate ourselves, but bring our own colors not because yeah. like, I'm this, I'm Armenian, you're Irish, this, no, but like, I feel like we lost the magic. There's a reason. I always tell myself, there's a reason you were born in this land that we call Armenia. Like, again, I'm not attached. It's just the land. Yeah. But there is certain colors and traditions and, and just like a essence that, that carries that part of the land in this world carries. And we all have that. And, how fun would have been if we all had our own way of doing things, dressing up, eating, or introducing our food or our healing, our dance, our singing. Well, that I see as that's true. That's true diversity. Yes. True diversity. Not like we're all here merging into each other into like just nothing, but just like, you know, we, we all have these roots and we're connected to them and you know i read that when 
the Scottish, the Irish, they came over here on boats across the Atlantic. And a number of people would put soil in their shoes from their motherland so that they would always be walking on the mother in a sense. That really touched me, that connection to that motherland and, and everything that you talk about, the traditions, the community, the mythology, the magic. Yeah. Now, is much of Armenia Christianized or it is, yeah. Catholic, yeah. is it? It's Gregorian. Okay. Yeah, it's a little different. They're, they're on their own calendar. And uh, we weren't allowed uh, to be raised uh, religious because we were born into Soviet Union and everything was shut down back then. Right. Yeah. And yeah, so I, wear, I wasn't raised with all the traditions. I'm like a relearning right now again. Okay. And um, it's it's just beautiful and fascinating. And it's and the interesting part is that Armenia was the very first country in the world that adopted Christianity. Did you know this? I did not know that. Yeah. And it has the most amount of churches per square footage on the land. Everywhere you go, it's like a church, a church, a church, everywhere. When I took Maximus, he's like, I can't look at another church, mom. But they're all like ancient, ancient churches. Oh, so they're beautiful, I'm sure. Yes, it is. It has a certain energy. Yes, yes. Yeah. So. Well, <laughs> yeah, I did not know that. Well, oh, I want to ask you, because you work with couples as well, and I saw something you posted the other day, and it looked absolutely amazing. This is like an initiation retreat for couples. Can you talk about that? It just looked wonderful. It's such a good idea. Yeah. So as you mentioned, <clears throat> we have a variety of offerings and I always like curated towards what's needed for the, this person or persons. And um, I was approached by somebody who was uh, celebrating their anniversary and they're not into spirituality. It was like really interesting. Actually, originally I referred them to somewhere else because I don't, I didn't think they'll be into what I'm doing, but she insisted in coming and uh, being with me. And she had this calling and I said, okay. And we organized this beautiful retreat for her and her husband, which was lovely. We made it very romantic with candles and what it included again, First, the reading for them to go deeper in understanding of their own essence. That's all I can say it, uh, Like if I would describe it, like under really understanding who you truly are in this lifetime. All your gifts, all your weaknesses. And um, we went into examining certain things as a couple and sharing it was a very beautiful vulnerable and raw place for them to be into date with Damiana I've been working with Damiana this month it's a plant yes uh, let's hear about that yeah it's because it's a February for me Damiana is a heart opener a love plant, plants with lovers. And uh, it just comes and brings this certain amount of vibration that 
you get into of calmness and peace. And for me, self-love, self-acceptance, it just works magic with me. So we did a guided meditation with them where they drink the tea, they get into their hearts, and then they share from the heart and see if, even if the plant would connect to the spirit of the plant and see if um, there's any messages, any understanding or guidance from the plant, spirit of that plant, and went into a little bit sound healing and clearing, energy clearing, and we finished with home cooked meal that my mom made. So the couple was Russian. So we made this really delicious Russian borscht, which is soup and blinchiki, so all kinds of, but it was what I'm leaning towards, making it a very homey. So you come and you just stay here and you just been nurtured and taken care of on, on the, again, in a space like feels like home. This is the intention. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Yeah. You know, retreats that I do, you know, there's a retreat center. Sure, that's nice. There's the clinic. That's kind of a no for me. And then there's home. Yes. Beautiful, well-tended, welcoming home. There's just, as the saying goes, there's no place like home. And when you can use your home in that way, for the healing of others it's just i think that's timeless it's a very old art very ancient you know and this is takes me back to when i visited you and your healing food and place and the way you took care of me and nurtured me and it felt very safe and uh, yeah like a warm blanket <laughs> of the mother and it is yeah. local experience definitely yes people need that and you're yeah. in los angeles and oh my goodness if anyone needs it it's people in that part of the country i mean that's an intense place it is yes yeah i've been observing a lot of people needing support these days just really having hard time navigating this energy yeah because we don't have just think about it. They're they're not rooted. They don't have the community. They don't have nothing to bounce off. They're all alone, running around. I can't even tell you how many women that come these days that uh, they're feeling something in their bodies. They uh, the intuition and the clock within is telling them that like it's time to slow down and just listen. And just be quiet, but no one is allowing themselves to go into this place of reconnecting with nature, with yourself, with your heart, with your womb, because we're so conditioned to go build, create, be successful, whatever it needs, it means these days, being successful. So we've been We've been holding a lot of spaces like this too, to let women come and experience and remember what it is to be with other women, to just drum, to sing, to, to receive, to nurture, to share, to be vulnerable and to 
to be empowered through allowing you yourself to be in this place of receiving and taking time off. Because I do feel like empowered when I don't take time, when I ignore that calling of slow down, then I just, I can't operate. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And yet people are conditioned to do just that, you know, to just put that aside, keep going no matter what. Yeah. I, this is what I feel the urgency is for women like me and you is to hold space for the ones who are a little bit younger and not as mature in their understanding of life to to come and talk to to come and learn from and, and to come and be held so we can hold that space for them because i feel exhausted just remembering myself in in my 20s and even 30s it just was exhausting and i really wish somebody was there like me and you to guide me and to hold me through all of this. <laughs> yeah, that's so funny you would say that, Natalia, because I was thinking the other day, I'm like, gosh, I've become the mentor that I desperately needed when I, <laughs> I was in my late teens, 20s. Really could have used someone like you or me. <laughs> yes. So here we are today. Yes. <laughs> yes. And it's a journey to get there. It's quite a journey to get there for each of us. Yes. Now you're a musician. And so let's talk about drumming. And why is that so important for people? I do not consider myself a musician at all. So okay. I want to make it clear like that I'm not drumming or playing to sound perfect or know the techniques. All those who've been around me who experienced me drumming, they know I don't even know what's going to come out. I don't have songs that I memorize. It's all channeled chants. And every time, all I do is just connect to the spirits, different spirits that will come through, animals, plants, and um, again, the ancestors. And to me, drumming has been the biggest tool I have to say, the biggest healing tool in moving energy and healing and um, remembering and um, what else? How, it's like I'm almost out of words to, to express what drumming does to me. I always use it in the circle as well. So the way I move, move energy sometimes too is with massive yawns and um, and unfortunately burping. <laughs> oh, yes, I remember that. Oh, that's right. Yeah, so <laughs> I can't shut down that channel. It's like a vacuum. I start feeling energy and it starts coming out and uh, I move it with the drumming and it's really been profound experience for me to reconnect with this ancient uh, healing tool which there is an incredible uh, book called uh, when women were drummers yes i have yeah. that book yes it's it was like a bible for me for a moment and uh it's it's just 
a tool to understand uh, how we as women were connected to this, uh, to drumming and not, not many people believe this, but I do believe it because from what I see, what it does to me. And if I had 30 of me, I do believe that we can um, influence the weather or influence the situation. Yes. I know you know this and through intentions and chants and drumming and evoking spirits and the land, it's just becomes this like vortex that opens up and then you can recreate certain things without needing to go to fight against and, uh, but just shift, shift the paradigm and energy through drumming. And that's on a massive level. What the, what what our ancestors used to do in the temples, all these priestesses that knew how the secrets of the universe, shall we say, that were known to very few back then. <laughs> but on a personal level, for every woman, I just cannot recommend enough to have a drum. And as you need support, as you need some guidance and assistance all you need to do is just drum and and without thinking just allowing your hand to move you don't need to sound perfect you don't need to sound certain way or know the strokes you just allow the medicine woman within you come through and let the energy move whatever needs to move or connect or to the spirits and allow the healing to happen so yeah that's like really that's something really that talks to my heart on a deep deep level if i wouldn't do anything on this planet but to teach people to remember this connection to the to the ancient drums which i like to work with um frame drums oh yes oh yeah. amazing. yes <laughs> Yeah. What I love is this is not new age nonsense. This goes way, way back in every culture. In the Irish culture, we have the Bowron drum, it's called. Yes. It sounds beautiful. It's played really, really, really fast. And uh, oh, it's gorgeous. And yes. it just sweeps you. It takes you into that vortex, if you will, that frequency. Yes. Yes. Yeah. When you play it, professionally it is just like enchanting i can't even <laughs> it takes me places i started with somebody very special glenn Velez. He, he considered a god godfather of the frame drumming wow. however like again that all goes out the window well i i'm sorry certain things help because my my brain is used to certain strokes mm -hmm. But yes, my intention is never to sound correct or sound professional. My intention is to call in that part of me that knows this drum because I know it's in me and just allow her to express into the world to gift whatever sound needs to be given at that moment. And so does this happen during healing sessions, but also in drum circles? Or when do you bring this forward? In the drum circles, but 
Okay, I don't even know if we're supposed to talk about it in the ceremonies. It comes through it, really strong. Like, yeah, well, ceremony is innocuous word. We'll keep it that way for the second hour. <laughs> yes, of course. Oh, of course, that makes perfect sense. Because my my studies with my teacher was very hands-on healing. But where the medicine is taking me is like, you don't even need to touch anybody. It's just like, allow that vibration of the sound to go in. And I, I can observe, I still burp and yawn without touching them. Mm -hmm. So, and they experience the healing just through the uh, chance. And they experience that with, um, with trying and playing themselves a lot of women are starting to get very interested in this drumming <laughs> movement good yeah yeah we had a really beautiful drumming blessing ceremony for one of our women so to me everything is like a ritual that uh, again helps you kind of remember how to tune in and to reconnect to this spirit of your drum and and make it a ritual and um in a, like initiation of bonding together <laughs> that is so important and it is absolutely the antithesis of this whole technological construct in which we find ourselves everything i mean it's artificial intelligence it's all <laughs> artificial <laughs> i mean it's given us this wonderful way to connect of course but it's just so all pervasive that most people, you'd think it's supposed to make our lives easier, but most people have little to no time for anything like what you are talking about. So it makes yeah. it even that much more important that people be able to discover this. Yes, yeah. I'm still navigating this too. My sister always uh, makes jokes, uh, make, makes fun of me because she always says like, you're, you're living in the ancient times. We're like in the future. <laughs> so I'm navigating these two worlds, how to merge them together. Yes. And uh, yeah, I'm still learning yes. not to deny one just because I'm so connected to the other. Mm -hmm. and, yeah. and use it and use it for a better something better you know mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and even you know we talk about drumming and drumming is a frequency and then we've got that frequency of wi-fi throughout mm -hmm. the house all the electromagnetic frequency so just on these very very subtle subtle realms there's that still that kind of pervasiveness that hum if you will of the technology so what does a drumming circle look like so it's women it's all yeah. women and how many or how many what's your limit who come sometimes there's men too if they ask i i, I never close the door I oh, allow, yeah i trust whoever needs to come will come but uh so far the experience has been that it's mostly been women so to me drumming is very connecting to your sound and it's fascinating to watch how many of us as women have massive blocks in our second, uh, in our, hold on, one, two, three, four, five, fifth chakra, sorry, um, in our throat chakra. 
and they won't just they're they're unable to make a sound no matter what we do and i just tell them like just say ah that they just can't so we usually start with this womb meditation and it's like a a lot of buzzing it calls a lot of buzzing with the bees (laughs) that opens up the channel and um depends if it's a moon full moon or a new moon we do do a little ritual of of letting go or inviting or planting seed i'm i'm very big on ritual and ritual to me all it is it's not to look all magical or like bring certain energy like that i've observed with uh, other people it's just a ritual to me is being present in this moment and and uh and being present to your intention because again through my own experience if i don't create a ritual if i don't come into this presence and do something with intention then i'm on autopilot i'm constantly go 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 and i get off the path again but when i'm like have a space where i go and it's like okay what are we doing where we are at What's this month has been like? What are we letting go? What is out? What is asking our attention to release? Or if it's a new moon, what are we planting seed for? So we usually literally plant it. We write something and we plant it to Mother Earth because to me, it's uh, writing is energy and uh, you give it to Earth. And to me, it starts to reading. I've seen some incredibly, I just like profound things happen out of little rituals like that and women calling me in the in a week and telling me that uh i can't believe this my intention (laughs) it's already like uh, things have been shifting for me but again the strong intention with a strong ritual will bring magic into your life and you'll understand how powerful you know this the words are the spells like we, we know all this but very few actually practice it. So we do this little ritual and we do the womb meditation and then we kind of start working with this energy through drumming and through moving energy with drumming and through sound. So I literally ask them to go into their womb after the meditation and allow this energy to come up through your heart, into your throat, and you open your mouth and see what comes out. And this is where they're having a really challenging time of just making some kind of sound. It doesn't even need to be a beautiful chant, but uh, letting that energy go. So, and we always, so we chant, usually then it ends up like dancing and moving our bodies. (laughs) And then we share food and it's always very, very magical. Mm, that's wonderful oh my goodness that is so needed and I have noted myself over the years also how difficult it is for people men and women with that fifth chakra to get their voice to release through the the voice yes really quite something yes and it's so oh and there's so much talk going on in the in the brain I don't have a good voice. I don't, I'm not a singer. It's just like, it's not about that at all. This is very important to understand. 
It's about allowing your song to come through with you, even become your healing song and to to allow your body and your in yourself and, and your spirit to heal you just with that. To me, I heal myself with my sound. If I don't feel if I feel out of balance, if I don't feel if something is off, I truly can just go in my backyard, put my feet on the ground, grab my drum, and just like I start communicating with the spirits through my sound. And I never know what's going to come out again. I just open my mouth and I see the energy going through my womb, through my heart, open my mouth and see like what comes out. And through the sound, I start communicating with the spirits of the land, of the ancestors, and just I never pray God to show help me. This is how I talk <laughs> with the with uh, what my heart desires, and if there's something that I need support and guidance in. Well, sound is vibration, and and this is something else I was thinking. If if we could, because it's my own practice now. If we could think of everything, if people could think of absolutely everything as energy, because absolutely everything is energy. It almost would then depersonalize the voice thing. It just kind of, you know, depersonalizes mm -hmm. it. Just imagine themselves as energy and that this is simply vibration moving through the energy. And then other vibratory fields pick it up or repel it, whatever, right? Depends on what the intention is, the feeling, all of that. Yes. Yes. You know... I even in ceremony space, this has been coming up that I almost cannot even listen to too many medicine songs because there's a lot of words mm -hmm. and a lot of stories. And it almost, for me personally, the way the medicine has been working with me, it's just needed some sounds and vibrations and not necessarily words. Like, I don't even want to speak words lately. <laughs> I was laughing with... Nicole, that uh, I just want to have make sounds, Kamala, whatever comes out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But think of how music is very stirring for people. It affects people. And and there's no words to it. It's just the music itself. And it's like that we could do that with our voice, just like you're saying. Yes. And and it can have such an impact. Yes. I, I, I love that you're doing this and I love that you are encouraging people to, to have that experience. Mm -hmm. Very profound. Well, let's finish here. Yes. We're, we're, this is perfect timing. So finish the first hour and I will invite people to come to the mushroomsapprentice.com and join us for the second hour. And we're going to have Natalia go even deeper than she already has. So we'll see you there.